0: Oh, <laughs>
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I have my two co-hosts, Mark and Steve. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Just peachy. Awesome. And Steve? Slightly above average. Good, good. I mean, above average is, is nice for most people nowadays.
2: Oh, well, yeah. It's a great day.
1: <laughs> uh, but this week we've got a couple things to talk about, but like we always do, We want to start off with our segment, Wish of the Week. In Wish of the Week, we talk about anything we are excited for, from movies to RPGs to video games. This week, let's start with Steve, because we we usually start with Mark.
0: Okay. Ooh, shaking things (laughs) up.
2: Way (laughs) to go.
1: Hey, hey, I mean.
2: Keeping me on my toes here.
1: Unpredictable. (laughs) That's, That's what this show's all about.
2: Okay. We gotta be well. My, my wish of the week is something I've got. It's coming in the mail and it's going to get here next week. So I haven't actually played it yet, but it's a board game called uh, Fire of Edolon, Eidolon, Eidolon, um, Eidolon, and
1: it's it, right?
2: it it looks like a fun one. Uh, basically, got really good reviews. The deal is, it's uh, it's based on 16-bit RPGs. At least that's sort of the aesthetic based on the box and the the flow of the whole thing. It's got a number of uh, positive. Uh, it's got a, a a large amount of positive feedback behind it, and um, basically, it's a, a co co-op dungeon crawler that looks to be scaled for uh like more of a lightweight shorter length of time um i'm really loving co-op games the crowd that we're with uh usually plays a whole lot of co-op stuff so co-op is always good i've been looking for a good co-op dungeon crawler since we got through the the temple of elemental evil board game and that one was more of sort of a long-term campaign uh game with sort of a lighter weight skill set rule set um and this looks like uh less of a campaign but more of a um, more emphasis on the actual rules. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's got a fun art style that's very uh, reminiscent of the 16-bit era. And um, like the the large, you know, the, the cool vibe and good reviews I'm seeing on it really have me stoked for this. It's about a year old. It came out in 2017, so... Hmm.
1: Oh, nice. Here's hoping. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, is it kind of like procedurally generated, where like each playthrough is going to be different?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's got looks like dungeon tiles, so you kind of generate the dungeon with the tiles. Um, and yeah, it's it's yeah, mm-hmm, pretty much. So it, it's not. Cool. It, I don't think it has a running campaign. At least I wasn't saying anything about like a, a mm-hmm. an overarching campaign, which is sort of a minus. But if I can get a decent good dungeon crawler to to work as a co op game, uh, that's really all I'm looking for. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, with with your skills and ingenuity, I'm sure you could make a campaign for it. Like it wouldn't be difficult. These mm-hmm. things could happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anything's possible in this realm.
2: Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, definitely. True. But that's true. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to it. absolutely.
2: And I'll let you know how it turns out once I actually play it next week. So,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Let us know. I'm looking forward to it. But Mark, Mark, do you have a wish of the week?
0: Uh, I, am going to kind of go with a blanket wish of the week and, uh, just talk about, uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) or we can just do the whole show, but, uh, (laughs) uh, I, I was just looking at all the stuff that's coming out of, uh, of, uh, Comic-Con San Diego this weekend. Uh, been watching all the trailers and getting excited for some of that stuff. Um, what's got you the most excited? uh, you know, Aquaman looks good. Um, yeah, Shazam could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the, um, you know those are kind of the big ones. Uh, you know, of course it's we're recording this on Sunday, so a lot of the stuff still comes out uh, has yet to come out. But uh, the those are some of the things that I've seen so far that have have jumped out at me. Um. I'm,
1: yeah. I, no. Absolutely. For for me, I've always I've been into the the DC TV series. So mm. oh yeah. You know, Flash and Supergirl and, and all that stuff. So that's I've watched
0: all of those. Those look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New
1: new seasons of that always gets me excited because Yes. Yeah. I've I've been watching the Flash since yep, for a while. For a while. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. a lot of seasons out there. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and and Supergirl is it's a really nice take on Supergirl.
0: Mm-mm. I really enjoy it, it really is. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um now I've also heard uh I thought I heard a rumor that they're looking at uh finally tying Gotham into that multiver- multiverse. multiverse.
1: I know, I know. Um, like because the the thing is they would have to do a different kind of show for Gotham.
0: Well, no. They you know, I mean they've they've kind of established the multiverse. I mean, Supergirl is not in the same universe as, as Arrow and Flash. Mm-hmm. So this could be a different universe. Well, no,
1: yeah. they they technically are because they've done crossovers.
2: Well, yeah, but they go—it's between different dimensions, right? It's like you know, yes. Earth. That's 3 true. Yeah, that's true. It, is. it so is. So they could pop onto an yes. Earth with Gotham just as easily. They could pop into Supergirl's right
1: realm, but exactly. Isn't isn't Gotham you know the TV show? Isn't it? Doesn't it take place like much in the past when Bruce was a kid?
0: Maybe. They they haven't established that Batman exists. So well, we is that we do have because... a young Bruce Wayne there. I mean, assuming right. it
2: ends up being Bruce Wayne and not somebody else's Batman.
0: True. In Gotham, In Gotham yes, yeah but, yeah. But, yeah. but the other the other shows haven't established that
1: that Batman is Batman. There, right. Exactly. Well, and
2: time hopping isn't exactly out of the realm of you know very true. heroes of
1: that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, uh, yeah well yeah. It, it could be really good honestly like i watched the first season of gotham really kind of heavily and then i kind of completely mm-hmm. like dropped the ball on the rest of it <laughs> Same. but the one thing Same. i will say like that my big takeaway on it was what an amazing bunch of like actors and character building they did like all of their individual mm-hmm. characters were out of this world like i loved watching the actors like donald lowe was a great gordon mm-hmm. like everybody oh, in it man. was just so wonderful yeah. and then i walked away from the first season thinking like was that just the biggest kind of like talent dump I've ever seen? Like, I feel like the story (laughs) itself never went anywhere and I was getting the impression that wasn't building in a given a, a, a direct kind of direction. So all these awesome characters, like that guy who like the, the guy they had playing the possible Joker and, Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody in it was just like it was really compelling and awesome, but it never Mm -hmm. like came together to a cohesive whole, I thought. And
0: maybe it's because they didn't have
2: Batman at that point. Like there was no like superhero to fight against.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think I think the problem I stuck with it for for a few seasons, but eventually gave up. I think the the challenge with that show is it's a show about what they can't do, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. Right, right. It's
0: we can't reveal Batman too much. We can't reveal the stuff too early. We can't. You know, we, we you know, we can't do all this stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I, I agree with you. The the great cast,
1: great Absolutely great cast, know. great acting. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the little girl that plays Selena Kyle. Oh, like, she
2: yes. was killing it, right?
1: Absolutely killer. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. Her. No. Everyone except for um, Barbara
0: Gordon. Something about her just really
2: rubbed me the wrong you know, way.
0: A- actually, you know what? Yep. I didn't like, I didn't like her at all until they made her a bad guy. Oh, good. Yeah. No, I could see and that she... because she pretty much seemed like a bad guy when she was supposed to be a good guy. So exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah no, that definitely. works. She
0: took off. Okay. You know, glad uh, to hear. Again, I, I haven't seen the later season, so I don't know what happened there, but, but yeah, they, uh, she kind of turned bad and it's awesome. Oh,
3: that's
1: good. That's right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah,
0: I, I agree with you completely. I did not, you know, I did not like her
1: at first. <laughs> but we have to have some of those characters <laughs>
0: always. Yeah.
1: Alrighty. But yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to what, you know, the rest of, um, San Diego comic con comes out with.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, you know, there's always so much stuff there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I've, I've gone there a couple of years, uh, way back when, and, uh, I, I miss it. It's, it's an amazing experience.
1: Yeah. I bet it is. I, I definitely want to go one day.
0: Yes. Everyone should someday. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. At least once.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, for me, this week, I found something very interesting on Kickstarter, to say the least.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and what might that um, mean? If, if everybody thinks back to the early days of the internet and YouTube, there was this, this little music video called Trogdor. <laughs> <laughs> Trogdor, the dragon with a human muscle arm and tiny wings. Mm-hmm. Going around and burninating the countryside. <laughs> well, Homestar Runner has decided to make Trogdor the board game. <laughs> I'm excited and scared at the same time. <laughs>
2: well, I think the big question is why did it take this long? Like,
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Because I think because Homestar Runner's been kind of down and out from the you know the internet scene for a while yeah i guess that's um, fair yeah and then maybe somebody was like hey it'd be really cool to bring trogdor back hey i like board games yeah. so let's do that yeah you know, i that use half thing. a
2: million bucks let's kickstart this sucker
1: <sighs> yeah oh yeah. my gosh they are they are going by with flying colors uh as of right now oh my gosh it just went up another like three four hundred dollars um <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was me sorry
1: <laughs> okay yeah, yeah there we go um as of right now today's the twenty second uh something like that yeah the twenty second and there are twenty four days to go there are eleven thousand one hundred and fifty backers uh their their goal was seventy five thousand dollars and they have well well exceeded that at uh at a current um six hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars so yeah. There's a lot of hype for this uh <laughs> for for this game.
2: <laughs> looks like it's going to happen.
1: Yep. But it looks like it's looks looks like a cute little fun, you know, very short game. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. hmm.
2: Well, and I think that's sort of appropriate for the the theme here. I, I I don't necessarily think we need like a 4X like rules dense three volume version of Trogdor, you know, the conquer exactly. the world sim. So yeah.
1: Right even though it is somewhat of a conquer the world sim. Well, <laughs> <It's> yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> conquer the countryside sim. <laughs> <laughs> and burninate an mostly. It's the burninate burn, sim. Burn, burn a nation simulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I might I might pick it up. What's the what's the base to get the board game? Let me see. What was the It's not much. It's um 20? 40 bucks.
2: 40 bucks,
1: yeah, 40 yeah, there you bucks go. for oh. the base game. It's
2: got really cute meeples. Looks like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, nice. And of course, if you um, if if you want to really go at it, I mean, there is an eighteen hundred dollar pledge.
2: Of course, there is.
1: And the thing is, there are already fourteen people at that pledge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. So that's where a lot wow. of their a lot of their you know income is coming from, right there. But yeah. um, but yeah, definitely. I'm 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 gonna <laughs> take a look at that, and and maybe one day when I'm really tired or just bored. I'll we'll go ahead and back it, but <laughs> it, it
2: looks like a cute game. It looks like it could be a lot of fun yeah. and yeah. Wish him the best.
1: Yeah. And nostalgia. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's why half the people are doing it. It's nostalgia.
2: If we can get nostalgic about something that came out as recently as 2005. Yes.
1: <laughs> 2003. Thank you for me.
2: 2003. Oh, get off my lawn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But yeah, uh, if we don't have anything else, I think that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. Uh, Jumping from segment to segment, we are going to uh, head over to our segment, Game at a Glance. At Game at a Glance, we take a game or a rule set and we kind of pick it apart. We dissect it a little bit and we um we look into it a little bit more. But this week we are going to be talking about Tales from the Loop. Um a little bit later we'll be talking about Tales from the Loop um in a different aspect. But um but yeah Tales from the Loop was something that's always been on my radar. It's always been interesting to me um kind of like a stranger things-esque style game um it's created by swedish developers it was a kickstarter as well
2: well wasn't it based on sort of a series of paintings is it like uh, uh the the kind of like rural
0: futuristic paintings of a, a i guess some swedish guy I think so. Yeah. And, and a lot, you know, the artwork in the book obviously is, is
1: it's absolutely really
0: gorgeous. Uh, it is gorgeous. They're amazing paintings. So I would be stunned that they weren't, you know, they hadn't been released before. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it all has it so, all has
0: very like a, a very much stranger things vibe to it where they, will
2: they'll take like, you know, a bunch of kids or a bunch of people to sort of living everyday mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. in the shadow of like monstrous sci-fi constructs. Um, Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the the overall kind of concept of the game. Um it's set in the eighties in either Sweden or Arizona. Is it Mm -hmm. I believe it's Arizona.
0: Yeah, there's two two main settings that you can choose from. Dibs on Sweden
1: tips on Sweden. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I hope you, you can speak Sweden, Swedish fluently.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've watched like three seasons of Muppets. Bring on the Swedish chef.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but, um, so it's, it's kind of like an alternate parallel universe than, than, um, what we've, we have been in and technology in the eighties has advanced exponentially.
0: Well, there's, there's my if I remember this right, there's this uh, uh, company that's been doing experimental stuff with uh, with like robots and and uh, like
1: particle accelerators and yeah, right stuff like and that.
0: That's and that's what's kind of emerging into the normal everyday life of of the rest of the world, right?
1: Um, yeah.
0: And so, so it's not like the entire world you know is futuristic. It's just that these experiments are kind of emerging out into um the right. lives of uh your characters.
1: Definitely. Yes. And um it's
0: such a great setting.
1: <laughs> it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. And um you know the the reason it's called Tales from the Loop these these particle accelerators there are two in the world, one in, you know, Sweden one in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um they are they are called the Loop. They are called Loops. And so right. kind of tying that name into uh into the overall aspect of things. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've always liked this, the, the concept of like a, you know, a stranger things type game or like something mm-hmm. like kids on bikes and stuff like that. So,
0: and that's, and that's one of the neat things about this game is you play kids. Um, one of the things you, um, I swear we've talked about this game and I, we talked about, it, there is no combat in this game. Nope. You don't fight things. You're, you're a kid facing these, these <laughs> giant things um so you know you, you, it's a t- very different take on role-playing which is awesome
1: mm-hmm. yeah no I I completely agree definitely um it's it's definitely something worth trying out mm. um, just to get that that different kind of game under your belt
2: now no one's actually yeah. has anyone actually run a session of this yet
1: no, no, unfortunately not. Okay. No, we keep we should have, but yeah,
2: This seems like we, it would we, be ideal for we, a a one off session sometime.
1: Oh, absolutely, or, oh, or a yeah. short or a short mini series or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. But if only we could get Steven Spielberg to game match. <laughs> oh my mm.
2: God,
0: right?
1: That That'd seems so yeah.
3: right up his alley. This is, yeah. Mm.
0: The, this is that's exactly the the flavor of this is you know like, mm-hmm. like the old E. T. or you know those sort of movies. Yeah.
3: Like,
1: Right, right, yeah, and the then the the dice mechanics are really simple in it too. So it's it's not like it takes you know expert level you know knowledge mm-hmm. and skill to to play this game. It's very it's very easy to get to know. Lightweight is good. Yeah. Um, when we talked about this before, I think it was just Mark and I that talked about it before. <coughs> but um, I remember, you know, I I got the the PDF for this game. I sat down, and to me, it's it's so well written mm-hmm. that I just couldn't stop reading. I got yeah, maybe I maybe almost halfway through the book in my first sit down. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it I, was it was
1: that good. I just I just it 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 drew me in and and it um it kept me interested definitely yeah. But yeah, uh, hands off, you know. Applause to uh, to the creators of this for for making a very very solid product. I mean, of, of course, yes. in 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 writing sense, but um, we haven't gotten to the uh, to the actual you know playing the game and seeing how the mechanics work and stuff like that. But
0: but at a glance, it's this is, yeah this game at a glance. So we're glancing, uh, yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely. <laughs> and we should note that it won a uh, looks like it's won a silver any for uh, best rules and uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. so... Uh, Very nice. That says a lot about it, too. 2015?
1: Mm-hmm. Has it been that long?
0: It's... Yeah. I mean, we talked about it, you know, probably a, you know, a year ago. Wow. At least.
1: Hmm. But, yeah, that... Because um, I remember we did an Ennies episode, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was right after the Kickstarter ended, I believe, is when the Ennies happened. Yes. And so... Yeah. Nobody really had um had any physical copies of it yet. Uh and and it that year it right. won 3 4 different things in several different, you know, um yes. several different That's right. categories.
0: categories, yeah.
1: But yeah, definitely. I'm I'm definitely interested in in uh, opening it up a, a little bit more and uh and kind of, you know, just playing the game, sitting down, yeah. getting pens on paper and
3: Sure, mm-hmm. and I
0: have seen this in in uh, stores, so it is uh, you've got some decent distribution. It's, oh, cool! Oh, uh,
3: well,
0: that's good. Um, so that's exciting. Very nice.
1: Well, mm-hmm. cool, definitely. Um, but yeah, if we don't have anything else to say about um, about Tales from the Loop, we will go ahead and end this segment of Game at a Glance. Mm-hmm. Kind of transitioning a little bit, uh still talking about yeah. Let's talk more about uh, still talking about tales from the <laughs> tales from loop. Let's let's now talk that more we're done about talking
0: it. about tales of the loop.
1: Yeah, now that we're done talking about it, let's talk about it it's more. <laughs>
0: yes, in other news,
2: I hate transitions. So, Tales from the loop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um, so Mark had sent an article our way. Yep. Not too long ago. And let me pull it up real quick. Um, let me get it.
2: Well, Mark, why don't you just uh, uh, tell us what's going on? What else is going on in the Tales from the Loop universe?
0: <laughs> well, basic, basically, uh, Amazon had ordered a, a sci High series made out of uh, Tales from the Loop. <sighs> so brilliant. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. great call. So
2: and so, this, uh... just
1: so everybody knows this, I'm throwing Steve under the bus. Mm
2: hmm. <laughs> By all This
1: mean. morning, this morning, when we sat down to start recording the podcast, we were talking about tales from this this series, and Steve was like, "Is this an RPG yet?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I missed that episode originally, and I
2: was like, "Well, I knew it was you know a thing, and it was going on." Um, but yeah, I it I managed to miss the fact that they've had an RPG for it. So. Uh, on yep. one hand, that's why I was kind of surprised to hear that uh, it's it's actually in stores and, and Mark's been seeing it on shelves. Um, but that's yeah. <laughs> great news. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Imagine my surprise absolutely.
2: four years later.
0: Only two years later, not okay.
2: Okay, Well
1: <laughs> um, A couple but, years later, uh, you're fine. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I've been playing in a campaign for <laughs> it for years actually, and I just I forgot. So I just go. forgot
1: what game it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, was but, but um. But definitely, it is. Uh, it is going to be director Matt Reeves who did War of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it definitely, I'm definitely excited for it.
2: Well, well what I'm, else do we know about it at this point? Like, is it going to be more of an anthology show? Like, I'd imagine if it's going the Stranger Things angle, like they're they're trying. This feels like they're trying to get an answer to Stranger Things, which is Netflix, not Amazon.
0: Well, yeah, I I think they're gonna. You know, well, it says here uh, it, it explores the town and people who live above the loop. Okay. So I think it's going to be, you know, you're, you're going to have much more set characters and it's going to be a, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think uh stranger things ish, uh, type of type of situation. Okay. Okay. That makes more
2: sense. Originally I thought it was going to be sort of like an anthology show like back black mirror, but no, that doesn't make, I, I'm sure it's going to be more like, a. No, this is, thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I mean with the, with the role-playing game, you have, you have that kind of series of a set group of kids, uh, Going on various adventures with uh, stuff from this uh, from the loop. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, that's, you know I, I'm sure that's what they're going to go with for the for the show too. Oh yeah, no doubt.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and Amazon's got a really good track record. I've been watching a few Amazon shows. I think uh, I did the first season of The Tick, uh, which was surprisingly mm. good. Like I was. I don't know. Like what the pilot it? seemed interesting, but they very mm-hmm. much improved on the pilot for the rest of the show. And now I'm I can hardly wait for season two on that. Um, yeah, Good. seems yeah. like there's at least one or two other shows I'm watching there too. But are they do is um, Electric Sheep? I think Electric Sheep is uh, Amazon too.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Oh wow, that if, one's. If it is, I'm jumping over there after we uh, after we end today. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you should totally <laughs> check it
2: out. Electric Sheep is is like the first couple episodes are are really really solid it's like it's like black mirror only not as depressing so if you want to watch black mirror but you don't want to kill yourself
1: it's a good alternative yeah (laughs) oh man oh that's great awesome yeah yeah yeah. i'm 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 looking forward to is there a release date on this or is it just like
0: i haven't seen anything yet i mean they just green production of it so
3: yeah uh, Mm -hmm.
0: they're probably just gonna start uh you know they probably have some some story ideas but uh I don't think anything is too set yet, yeah I um, feel like see, Amazon's yeah. a
2: little bit slower to build their content library than Netflix has been, but Netflix is also dumping like astronomical quantities of money into it to get a I, library in a hurry yeah so.
0: mm-hmm. and that's and that's the other thing too, with you know all of these uh you know, type of of uh formats, they tend to release the entire season. At once. Right. So, you know, you're not releasing a show at a time. So, you know, they wait until the entire season is... At least close enough Mm -hmm. to, uh, to release. Yeah, exactly. Which I really kind of dig, honestly, like
2: binging is my new normal. Mm -hmm. Like I can't go back to waiting to see what's going to happen next week. Like it just doesn't click anymore. Like whenever I, if I see something on network TV, I want to watch. I'm like, wow, that looks really great. I can hardly wait to see it in a year when they've got the whole thing done. So I can watch it in one weekend. Like
3: (laughs)
1: no, seriously, I
2: can't even bring myself to watch a single episode of anything anymore.
1: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. No, definitely. It's the new normal. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, transition, transitioning a little more, uh, Steve, you had a, another mini series, another,
2: um, TV series
1: you wanted to talk about. Yeah.
2: I discovered this one, uh, actually last week and actually on Amazon prime. (laughs) So (laughs) I I didn't actually mean to be shilling for Amazon all this time, but you know, Hey, if you want to send me a gift card, I wouldn't complain. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, we found a, 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 what I believe started off as a web series, but they have a couple episodes of it on Amazon Prime. It's called Humans and Households. And it's this weird little show about basically your sort of prototypical D&D party. You've got your warrior and your cleric and your thief and your wizard. Um, and they're hanging out in a basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and they're all role-playing characters in the real world so like one's uh one's like a geek hacker and one's like a jock and and okay
1: yeah
2: they're all playing like regular actual real world people and they're doing regular actual real world things just in extremely D &D way so Mm. you know it's Mm. it's it's got like all of the tropes in there it's really fun it's like mark's thing Mm -hmm. they're like okay you walk up to the front door of the of the suburban townhouse and they're like, check for traps. So, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's all very, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tongue in cheek. It's really fun. Um, it gets oddly political really quick, which seems kind of inappropriate, but it's still very much funny in and of itself. It's, it's a great show. Mm -hmm. It's got a whole lot of like, you know, really good laughs in there early. And for, uh, uh, an originally web series, I think the episodes were about, you know, eight or 10 minutes a piece. Um, you know, you can you can plow through a lot of it in a very short amount of time. So you know,
3: yeah,
1: that reminds me of something uh, very similar to that. Okay, um, I don't know if you remember me talking about the podcast um, "Hello from the Magic Tavern." Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. So that in in "Hello from the Magic Tavern," it's this guy went through a, a portal into a magic world, and there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's all stage. It's all, you know, it's all hilarious, mm-hmm. but they do, they do this, they play this game. They have a, a, a separate, um, kind of pay to see exclusive podcast. Okay. Um, that is, it's called offices and bosses.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: they, they, you know, they all, they all work in a cubicle. They're all regular people stuff like that. It's hilarious. It's, it's really great. But, yeah, it does remind me of of that that thing entirely.
2: That's really clever, yeah. And I guess there's sort of a long history of making, you know, really fun web series about, you know, tabletop RPGs because we're certainly not going to mm-hmm. get a whole lot of uh, actual TV series <laughs> made for it. <laughs> Anytime so. <laughs>
1: soon. Yeah, exactly.
2: And RPG fans are nothing if not creative. So there you go. <laughs> yes,
3: there's
1: we that. are. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, yes, definitely. Um I think that's it for, uh, for our, our mini series talk okay. <laughs> right now, <laughs> definitely. But, um, something Mark brought up to us a couple weeks back that we haven't gotten to yet. And, uh, I think we need to, it's this, um, this article on Reddit that I think we're going to, I mean, we can, we can talk about the specifics and then we can, we can widen it out after, after we talk about, I think the word you're looking for travel. is hijack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but um but it it was uh about a month ago about a month ago somebody posted on on reddit the question what is traveler missing um which is really interesting to think about uh mark, do you want to elaborate any uh
0: let me let me grab the article here myself um the the basic issue is you know why i mean the there are a ton of role-playing games out there, and some of these role-playing games have been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Traveler is a great example of something that's, that's been out. It's been uh, several different editions. It's, it's branched into various uh, different forms. Um, but no one knows about it, uh, as opposed right. to D&D, which you say D&D. Everybody knows what D&D yep. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the gist of the question is, why? Why, you know, what what is Traveler missing that it doesn't have the same kind of notoriety as something like Dungeons and Dragons? Um, and I think that's a fantastic question. Well, I got a I got a pretty good
2: answer here, I think, in in the immortal words of uh, Mel Brooks uh, merchandising. Um, what, <laughs> what, like the marketing is just, you know, basically kind of non-existent. There's no like kind of ancillary world built up. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly deep world on its own. It's got a whole, like the, the world building and traveler is phenomenal, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it doesn't, unless it makes it out of the tabletop RPG realm, it doesn't hit that broader audience to give it the sustainable movement that, you know, D and D or other RPGs have managed to achieve.
0: And, and, but is, that and a, sp- is that a chicken and the egg thing?
1: Absolutely. Well, absolutely.
2: I don't know if it's a chicken and the egg. I, I think no, no, because like a lot of people get into D and D through other products that have nothing to do with tabletop RPGs. So like people get into D and D through video games or possibly by watching movies and having no sense of self-esteem. Um, <laughs>
1: like <laughs> something, something specifically like Stranger Things.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, hmm. I mean. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, there's there's a lot of D and D stuff out there that, and most notably, video games. I guess is probably where you can go directly draw the straight line from that broadens up the, the audience, uh, without actually, uh, um, without having to, you know, pull them back into RPG. Um, I think
0: everything that, but, but video games didn't come around until, you know, you know, well into the run. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at, if you look at the eighties, there were traveler novels, traveler comics, um, just this, just like there were, uh, D and D comics. Um and novels. I
1: think I think the biggest thing, you know, speaking from the genres perspective, so the the sci-fi mm-hmm. world is, you know, the the, the media, the movies, the mm-hmm. T V mm-hmm. shows, the et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Because when you think about sci-fi sci-fi role playing games and and you know, in parallel with sci fi movies franchises, you think Star Wars Star Trek yeah and they have RPGs so people aren't expanding from those RPGs because they know and love Star Wars or Star Trek and they don't need that that experience from a different game
2: yeah you gotta crack television I think at least back in the 80s you did and I think D&D actually did too they had a and d cartoon um and I'm sure, sure. that isn't how most people know D and D, but it did do a great job at softening up the image and getting the whole satanic panic thing out of everyone's system. Hmm. Um, I think once people realized, wow, they've got a Saturday morning cartoon of this stuff. Maybe it's not really satanic. <laughs> like, <laughs> although, although, ironically, yeah. it was right. extremely Scientology related. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Scientology panic <laughs> nice. could have been a thing. Um, oh man! But no. I, but you know, yeah, I, go ahead. I wonder too how much of the. I wonder how much of that satanic panic, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. How much of that actually helped, uh, actually helped D and D. Did that help, you know, some, uh, some people get into it, it actually could have. Yeah. I mean,
2: probably, you know, there's no such thing as did. bad
0: publicity, yeah. right? Like that's sort of the deal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly
1: seriously. Well, and- but yeah, when, when it comes to fantasy and, and all the games that are under the fantasy genre, -hmm. There's, you know, unarguably, unarguably there's there is one that comes to mind, and that's guess what D &D, and D, you know, yeah, and and then you know, Pathfinder close after just because they've kind of been around, but but Pathfinder
0: is relatively recent.
1: Yeah, yeah, comparatively, and Pathfinder
2: also lacks like pretty much all of the media crossover that D and D
0: has. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no movies, there's no TV shows
1: for Pathfinder, but they
0: have they have. They have some pretty, pretty, uh, hefty comic, uh, graphic mm-hmm. novels, okay. comic mm-hmm. series. So, I mean, they, they have, they have more than maybe they should.
3: I well, don't. yeah. Oh,
1: probably. Probably. Yeah. There is, but I mean, Pathfinder is also full of those people that maybe didn't like the rule set of d and wanted to try something else. And, right, right. They're like, yeah. oh, this is so much better, but in, Reality, it's the exact same.
0: Well, and, and- okay. but actually, that's a great that's a great uh point of this is you know, like we say, Pathfinder came by relatively recently. What was that thousand ish? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. ish. um, and yet that gained fair amount, yeah, that gained a decent popular popularity in a relatively short time. Come again, compared to something like Traveler, which you know, you don't see in, in game stores at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, um, you don't, you know, you very you know that that's very hard to find it's very hard to find somebody who knows about it Pathfinder is another game that you know there's there's hardly any deviation between that and D&D and yet it's been it's gained momentum
2: right well it's Sorry. it's taken momentum from D&D the from the tabletop version of d and I think like they've directly sure. glomped that audience that was being underserved by the crappy mm-hmm. Roll20 system um yeah, no D twenty. Sorry, not to dish on D20.
1: <laughs> not roll twenty. Me, no, I love
2: roll twenty. We love roll twenty. I don't want to make roll twenty so bad. D twenty, um, but right. I, and to put on my my stodgy video game nerd hat, there were at least twenty D and D video games in the eighties. Like it, that really like helped it spread its audience quickly. Um, mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: I, and I so I I I'm gonna go back and say that it's it between the video games and the TV presence or I guess the media presence. I think that's what made D and D kind of crack mass market. Uh, whereas other like directly from tabletop RPGs haven't been able to, to hit that critical mass.
1: No, absolutely. You, you definitely have a point. Okay. Definitely. Um, but yeah, talking, talking a little more specifically about, uh, back over on traveler, you know, so what mm-hmm. what's, what's wrong with traveler or what, what, <laughs> You know, the thing, you know, it'll it'll always be compared to things that are similar in in the genre. So, like I said, Uh Star Wars and Star Trek. And I think the, you know, the hype behind them and the loyalty that the fans have to Star Wars and Star Trek, that'll kind of override the want to go and get Traveler. Because, like I said, they they already have that they're they they've been fulfilled by, you know, having this role playing game that is Star Wars or and or Star Trek. Um, what do you think, Steve?
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think if well, anytime where if you start with a movie, you've already hit the big time as far as public consciousness at that point, especially one that takes off well like Star Wars. Um, Star Trek had the TV show, so. You know, it all it all circles back to that 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 big AV video, you know, movie TV presence um, is what you need to get like a critical mass in a hurry.
1: Mark, what do you think?
0: Do you th- I, I, if I'm understanding kind of what you're saying, D and D succeeds because it's a very generic take on fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's it's you take the fantasy genre, you can do D and D covers it. But with science fiction, you have, you, you, it seems to be a much more specific genre to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to play, you know, if you want something that's Star Trek, that's a very specific universe as opposed to Star Wars or Flash Gordon mm-hmm. or, um, you know, Blade Runner or uh, Firefly. Uh, right. Those are all very different takes and there's and traveler doesn't just basically it it kind of washes over a lot of those other Mm -hmm. you know a lot of those different takes but um you know with science fiction it's it's hard to do one game that kind of blankets the entire
1: genre does that no that that sound right that that Mm -hmm. definitely is accurate um and i think you know in in my mind it makes sense that since it is heavier, you know, it's in the name science based science fiction mm. that having those specifics and having having a lot of details helps mm. um you know w- whether it be the uh, the specifics of you know how the bridge works you know in, in Star-, mm. Star Trek or you know how the force works in in Star Wars um I think that helps people grasp onto it a little bit easier than having it just a, you know, a more generic cover all bases kind of RPG like Traveler. Well, I think that's I think that's a really good point too.
0: And you know, in science fiction, you have to have this kind of knowledge of of science.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas in yeah. fantasy,
0: I swing a sword.
1: Yeah, right. You that know? that and, anybody can do that. And all of these IPs have given those specifics, so people don't have to learn them again. Which. Sounds lazy, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, but but that's the reality. You know, people people know these things from the from the you know the media, from the movies, TV shows, etc. And they grasp onto it because they're hearing it instead of reading it.
0: So intellectual property science fiction games are gonna be are gonna do better than something like like Traveler or Star Frontiers or a less Known or less uh, exposed system. Yeah.
3: yeah, because
1: we're we're kind of comparing apples and oranges when when we compare Traveler and and something like D and D. You know, D and D was the first thing out there, yeah. and so that's always going to be in the scope of RPGs. Like that's going to be one of the first things that people. Think about well, when they think about RPGs.
2: It was the first RPG, but it it wasn't the first fantasy. I mean, they basically stole all their stuff from Ooh. Tolkien, and Tolkien stole all his stuff from folklore. So, I mean, there's a fantasy yeah. presence that goes back a long time. And I gotta say, maybe part of the issue is that this whole like long running like kind of build up over the ages of a setting in general, like 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 high fantasy uh, is something that doesn't really work as well in sci-fi because like, if you look Mm. at like, you know, Edgar Rice, Burroughs stuff, Tarzan still works fine. You can imagine somebody getting raised by gorillas pretty easily, but John Mm. Carter did not fare so well. And, uh, you know, Mm. like people are still like lining up for Conan video games, but I, 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 it's really as much as I love John Carter, it is way more Mm. niche than, than, than something that has a high fantasy setting. And, Maybe that's just because of the science aspect of it. People, like, now that we've sort of, you know, a hundred years later, we know how rockets work and gravity works and
0: and (laughs) breathable atmospheres work and things like that. Right, right, (laughs) right. And and it... Well, Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I I agree Mm -hmm. with you. We've talked about this on the show before. There are are a thousand different fantasy Mm -hmm. games out there, but, uh, you know, espionage or, you know, modern... Urban magic, you know, contemporary urban magic or um science fiction; those are very, you know, there's they're out there, but uh, mm-hmm. they're a lot harder to find. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Another another thing to think about is, you know, Steve, you say, you know, that that D and D was pretty much stealing Tolkien's ideas. Yeah. At at the point that D and D came out. Token didn't have uh, an RPG out, so people didn't have a choice.
2: Well, they invented RPGs, but they didn't invent the setting, is what I'm saying.
1: No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just, just like you know, Traveller didn't, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But
0: well, early, early D and D, especially, didn't have much of a setting. Yeah, you know, no. it wasn't until later that they started to create the the Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. and uh, the
1: other stuff, the um, Feywild, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. But yeah, like if people wanted to play a token game, you know, in back when when D&D came out or the early years of D&D. Yeah. They didn't they they were like okay, this is the game I have, you know. And then yeah. and then people got close to it.
2: Well, I think Mark's actually onto something here. Like world building in D&D didn't really come up, come into it until they started writing novels about D and D. So mm-hmm. I think like the yeah. whole Dragonlance thing, like nobody was really mm-hmm. thinking of like like characters with proper names, you know, <laughs> like like actual no. like like personalities sure. in D and D until the novels started making that happen.
1: Exactly. True. No. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, why did D and D become so popular and traveler necessarily didn't well then
2: mm-hmm. maybe that's part of the the missing issue here i i never read any of the traveler novels but maybe they sucked like i know the Dragonlance ones <laughs> were amazing and they sold yeah. a zillion copies and like you know forgotten realms same thing i think that drove a lot of people to the game um I, and I, I i'm not sure about the, the the travelers ones uh does anyone
0: yeah can anyone comment on that directly I've, or i've never i've never read them either but mm-hmm. uh i I think that's a good theory, um, and I think I think you're right. I think you know because D and D started probably world building more than yeah. You know, even Traveller, it it, it 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 they created several worlds, so mm-hmm. you know you get kind of everything's kind of spread a little thin, and, and that's probably true of any all the science fiction stuff. Yeah, you know right. you're you're kind of spreading over a, a you know spreading things much more thin to in a. Uh, more localized fantasy setting.
2: Well, knowing that they right. have travelers novels out there, I really want to lay my hands on one now because <laughs> I have read a lot of like powerful, bad sci-fi. So I've got a super high tolerance built for it. <laughs> I think I can do this. Like, and I, I can, I can, I can read it and find out now, uh, like if it is really that bad or if it's just like somehow a missed opportunity, like, you sure. know, everyone, it's sort of like movies. Like why didn't that movie better? Mm. Well, we all blame marketing. This could be a marketing thing. You true. Know? true. But even as far as even
0: TSR had, you know, Star Frontiers, Top Secret, you know, they had their other games that just did not
2: never went as well. So, I
0: mean, and, you know, they had the same marketing machine behind it, but uh, Mm -hmm. didn't uh, didn't take off quite the
2: same. Well, D&D worked out great for him, mm-hmm. but I'll be the first to admit that a lot of the other TSR products were just not super awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they've had their fair number of flops. But, well, so.
0: even D&D that, has had its ups mm-hmm. and downs, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. But um is there is there anything we can <clears throat> relate this to Do you want to, on another game in specific or, you know, not not Traveller like maybe you know?
2: Well, we need to. If you want to broaden it up, you kind of have to look to other settings that you consider to be successful. So, do you consider like uh, Warhammer or Shadowrun or BattleTech to be like successful examples of of RPGs that have bro- managed to find a broader audience?
1: Um. Well, of course, Warhammer succeeded because of the miniatures, mm-hmm. because of their miniature war well, games. Of course, it's, it's, that's always actually be it's popular. a good question. Good, good point though. Warhammer again is
0: fantasy mostly. As opposed to, yeah. um, you know, any of the other kinds of miniatures games. Um, well, a quick quick correction before we blow
2: up our forums. 40K is sci-fi. Is...
0: Warhammer is fantasy. So. Right. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. but Warhammer yeah. is, is probably more popular than 40K.
2: Um, In general, <laughs> maybe. No, <laughs>
0: mm, am I, wrong?
2: I don't
1: okay. know about that. I
2: I, I don't think so. Okay.
1: <laughs> I would I would I would argue that forty k is is much more popular due to their miniatures war games.
2: Okay. Um, I, I don't think it's due to the miniatures either,
1: but but yeah. I really? mean,
2: they they've definitely managed to like parlay that into the broader media sphere, okay. and I think a lot of that again ties back into the. Uh, I'm going to blame the video games, and this mm-hmm. might be my you know my video game centric worldview, but <laughs> I think the video games on Warhammer in general have been really good. And, and, and war, you know, I'm, I'm talking about both Warhammer and 40 K. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's the, pretty much the thing that saved 40 K from obscurity, uh, has been the, the extra marketing they've been, or the extra mark they've been able to pull over from, from video games. Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Very true. Very true. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a cool, you know experiment to think about you know other games that maybe aren't as successful as they should be
2: Hmm. yeah yeah Um, yeah and i think we can all agree that that Traveler should be more successful than it is right i mean like we're all on the same page of saying this is a really incredible setting that's never really gotten its due
3: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's um because because the history behind it is vast you know the setting is vast yeah You know, there's there's an infinite amount of things that you can do in in this setting and in this Uh system. Um, Yeah. Like for for whatever reason, it didn't catch on. And it needs to if 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 not, you know, before it needs to now. (laughs) So, So
2: what we need is Joss Whedon to write a series about it. That would be awesome. That would be yeah, nice. That would just open the whole thing up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I th- yeah, the- yeah, yeah. I think I think that might do. Yeah, yeah let's-
0: As long as it made it more than a season. <laughs> do you think part of it too is <laughs> are the tropes? You know, with D anD D, you know, you can have your group meet in a tavern and have somebody give them a mission and you know give them a a thing and have them go into a uh, go th- crawl through a dungeon. You have a a very generic way to yeah. at least get the ball rolling. Um with something like yeah. science fiction, you don't have those those tried and true tropes to to start things off. Does does that contribute at all?
1: Um you know, the the thing is it's 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 really hard to say. It really is because, you know, you can take the the very generic, you know, party set, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you do in D&D, but you can also take the very, very, very specific party set in, in Star Trek and it'd still be successful. Sure.
2: Well, yeah, this is, this is a really great question actually, because like, how do you start adventures in sci-fi RPGs at like, Star Trek, yeah, it's just we're on a ship, we're roaming around exploring. Yeah. Every week we roll up on a new planet yeah. and crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And like that could be the exact same setting that you use for a sci-fi RPG, but you don't. I mean, like you're right, that isn't like a synonymous, you know, able uh, like like tabletop RPG standard. The the trope just isn't as well used as you wake up at an inn one morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um. It's it's good for an episode. Right. Like, (laughs) or, but but not, but not in the
2: case of Star Trek. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, um, but you know, I think, I think sci fi benefits from having a group of people that are have been together for a while or at least a decent Mm -hmm. amount of time. Um, because it's more interesting than having every crew member being brand new, haven't worked with anybody else. Well, this is
0: something I've talked about, you know, back when I was doing comics um, and, you know, doing writing, uh, I, I talked about this a lot. Um, science fiction characters have a tendency to be very militaristic. You work, look at Star Trek. No. Well, yeah. They're mm-hmm. always, yeah. you know, <laughs> but by, by definition, almost, if you're going off into a spaceship, you have to be well-trained. You have to, you know, have, you know, usually, almost, almost <laughs> yeah, always, so. it's. You know, uh, some sort of military training, some sort of military background. Whereas mm-hmm. with, with fantasy, you have you know the the knight squire goes off on an adventure, or some ordinary everyday hobbit, or yeah. you know somebody very generic. You know, your every every person can get involved in a fantasy uh, epic adventure, but with with uh, science fiction, you have to have uh, more highly trained heroes for the most part
1: yeah yeah right Abs- absolutely or else have re- everything will hit it, all their shit will well, hit the shit well yeah well i you know
0: or you can just have your I main character do. win a spaceship on a game show and and go off on adventures it's another way to go <laughs> that'll never work no that won't hey, work hey
1: hey jack Watt did it i don't know if i don't know if you know but <laughs> okay
2: oh my god okay. brilliant okay. the um no, I, but you have a point. Like I I do feel like fantasy in general, like and this is just in general like high fantasy tends to roll more around like sort of a a single like character-centric thing. Mm. And it's usually like a nobody who's just been sort of chosen by destiny or prophecy or blah blah blah, but it, it does seem like it's more of a, a one-man show when it comes to high fantasy, whereas in in sci-fi maybe just because you need to run a ship, like you have to have enough people on board to actually operate, you know, a sci fi thing. Um, it, it seems to be more of an ensemble. Um, maybe that's just, you know, I, me. I but would it, disagree with that. Yeah. I
0: mean, you can, No, because. Tolkien, you, you have the fellowship. You have, you know, the idea of a, of a party is fairly well established in, in fantasy, too, I think. But. Well, it's an adventuring yeah. party, but it's still the Frodo. You ship. have, I mean, like. Well, and, and Aragorn. Aragorn, you know. <laughs> you, Aragorn's a pretty, pretty key character as well. But you do have yeah, the, yeah. you have the every person that can get involved, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the little little guy getting caught up in in a big it's... adventure. So
2: yeah, and and that's fair. Yeah. I guess
0: Luke is kind of clicks into exactly. that role too. Exactly. So it's out there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the the idea that Star Wars is more fantasy oriented than regular science fiction right
1: yeah that can that can be argued sure. all day we can t- we can keep talking about that yeah. all day but yeah you're, yeah but yeah <laughs> you're right that's
0: another example of uh you know <laughs> luke is the normal farm by but by the end he's back he's in the
1: military he's you know he's yeah. red five <laughs> right.
2: sure enough so he's the baddest most killing us jedi of that's anybody, right so, yeah
1: exactly no and and something that steve said is very similar in you know you have to have people to run the ship exactly very, very similar in something like, oh, say a game we enjoy called Seven Sea. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: You know, if you if you don't have a crew to to man the ship, you can't go anywhere yeah. on the ship. You know, and to draw so a fantasy definitely.
2: parallel, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, like Jason and the Argonauts was basically, you know, Star Trek. Oh, in high fantasy, absolutely, so. yeah.
1: That's de- that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting we could, i i'm sure we could go about <laughs> go on about this all day. <laughs> Fair. Oh man. Oh. Uh I was going to look at see what what some of these people said in response. Oh, good point.
2: Oh, to the posts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to this post. Um Wait, yeah, somebody said D&D only has 3 years more history than Traveller. Mhm. Huh. Um and most of that was unplayable. <laughs> and barely brought o d and d a d and d was the first comprehensive attempt at uh codifying the rules
3: yeah, yeah. mhm
1: so yeah od and d was seventy four um traveler was seventy seven traveler was no that's that's still d d um
3: oh yeah yeah seventy seven wow Traveler came out in 77. That's awesome. See, this is
2: 77 was the year I was born. So now 77 just keeps getting better and better. (laughs) It was the year where we got Star Wars and it was the year where we got the Atari and now Traveler. There you
1: go. (laughs) Now Traveler. Clearly I am the chosen one. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Like somebody, somebody said, I think this applies to a lot of RPGs. I think that the distinction is that uh that while most games grew trying to be user friendly, Traveler basically went the opposite direction and started to relish uh relish in its inaccessibility. Mm. It would have been much more interesting if they had doubled down on the setting instead. So people so this guy's pretty much saying they've they, they put all of the, the heavy details into, into rules instead of setting Uh, and probably in the, in the original, you know, before a bunch of novels came out and, you know, it expanded the history and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: So maybe they're saying, you know, the, just the, the core book, the core rule book setting is lacking. That's why it didn't.
3: It looks
2: like this guy here raises a point that I think is probably fair. He talks about how you don't have a whole lot of control over your character during the character creation. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. you, can, you can control the intent of the character, but how it actually plays out is kind of the mercy of the dice. Very true. So, that's
1: kind of interesting. That's really yeah. interesting, though, Unlike, to me to yeah. me at least. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's fun to see how it turns out, but I mean, like, when it comes to something like Star Wars... You can make up a Star Wars character with like a decent backstory and and have a really good feel for how you want your guy to play out, and then there's your character. Whereas with Traveler, it's like, okay, here's how I want him to be, and then you start rolling dice. And it's <laughs> like, but he turned out being a failure.
0: So <laughs> early D D had a lot of that though too. It was very reliant on oh, yeah. dice rolls and you know, you, you got what the chart told you. That
2: was okay. Yeah, actually, that's entirely. Yeah, repair. I think that your barbarian has three strength. You yeah, know, you're, you're, host. I
0: think that's, uh, kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's true of early games, early role playing games in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, they did tend to be pretty harsh.
1: So, this one's, this one's interesting. It says, in many ways, it's a self perpetuating problem. The game lacks players, so the existing players have trouble mm-hmm. finding games, so they tap out. Mm-hmm. Also, the small base is often insular. So they, uh, they don't try very hard to recruit outsiders, and are in many ways uh, repelling outsiders because they have a holier than thou attitude. Well, there you're just generalizing. I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think so. I think. Definitely. I, what do you think? What do you think about that? I think they're generalizing
0: a bit, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's also true. It's, it's it, a lot of this is self-perpetuating. You know, you because D and D started taking off you started having novels, you know, I mean, both had novels, but uh, people started, you know, that maybe this novel was a little bit better. So you got more money. They started doing more promotion and it, you know, it's going to be a snowball effect. And, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, what is 50 years later, you know, there's, there's going to be a pretty, pretty dramatic difference. Um, and, and the, really mm-hmm. the, the, it all comes down to a lot of little things like Steve said you mm-hmm. you know you start getting a little bit bigger and then okay you get a you get big enough to have a yeah you know, this one's big enough to have a a saturday morning cartoon that gives another giant jump and then you know they do some crappy you know b movies for d you know and yeah i think i think if uh firefly was listed more as a traveler tv series you know that would have been yeah. a huge oh, absolutely
2: I um. think if, if Traveler were built as uh like so, like somehow directly and consciously associated with Firefly, uh Traveler would be bonkers now. Like,
1: yeah. Mm, I bet. I yeah, bet. I really do. Um I had something I was going to say. There's uh, one of I, these
2: guys made a point here that's directly kind of relevant to a lot of us. I think <clears throat> he talked about how the 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 systems and travelers are based around realism and how it doesn't promote making superhero characters and how mm. uh, basically a lot of like people who are playing just want to make a superhero. And the response of it was that's why I love Seven C. The whole game is based around making superheroes <laughs> basically. And he's like he's like you want to save the world on day 1? Go ahead. You know, it's 7 C. They don't even have he says they don't yeah. even have rules for creating a starting adventurer.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. But exactly. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, they, that's true.
1: Um so I don't know how accurate this is, but it's a it's a hypothesis. Um maybe the time that both of both of these, both D&D and and Traveller came out at the time, maybe there was more of a a need and a want for fantasy games over sci-fi games. Uh,
0: Steve mentioned earlier that a movie called Star Wars came out that same year. <laughs> <laughs> Science fiction okay, exploded fair. right about there. Um,
1: hey, hypotheses don't <laughs> no, have to be right. but
0: yeah, there's... Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay,
3: fair. Yeah, completely,
1: completely.
0: No, no, it's a good thing. Oh, it's man. a good, nice, nice try. Anyway,
1: it's a good it thing is. to think about. Yeah, yeah it's a nice yeah. try. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, but, well, uh, actually, but shut up. <laughs> if you consider,
0: if you
2: consider, if you consider the movie that kind of popular as high fantasy would be the Lord of the Rings series, which I know mm. a lot of people love the book, yeah. but I mean, let's face it, that's like kind of the biggest high water mark for high fantasy movies mm. ever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that came well, well, well after Star Wars. So
1: you know, as far as yeah.
2: popularizing the respective genres, yeah,
1: no, definitely, definitely, but but yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah, it's definitely strange.
2: I can't explain it. But um,
1: no, but yeah, maybe maybe it started out with a lack of players, and then you know, it just kind of fizzled it was, from it, there.
0: That never helped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a million little things to begin with, and then like I said, I'm sure it snowballed as it. Uh, you know, as D&D grew. Mm,
2: absolutely. Well, you know one thing I've kind of noticed about Traveler is we don't, we're not talking about 5th edition Traveler. Like, D&D mm. is a lot more ready to reboot and revise uh, than Traveler. Oh, is. there's... Uh, like, Traveler is dragging along, like, a huge amount of, like, you know, legacy... Um, <laughs> uh, backstory and things like that. And, and like with comic books nowadays or movies like that, they're more than happy to say, okay, you know what? We're going to simplify and dump a lot of the excess just so we can bring new people on board.
0: Uh, not necessarily true. Mm. I mean, you have classic traveler, you have uh, Mark Miller's traveler, you have, uh, you know, Mongoose travelers, first and second edition. Um, you okay. have, you know, yeah. travelers has, has kind of expanded. Uh, I, I think people have hung on to the various different, uh, Versions of Traveler more than D&D. I think D&D, you know, is kind of linear. You know, you got first edition, second edition, third edition, fourth, fifth edition now. Um, whereas Traveler um, will kind of split off and you'll have, you know, there are some people who still play classic. They're, you know, Mark Miller kind of went off and did hit his own, I think, it's a couple different things. Mongoose took the property okay. and it went off in a couple directions. <laughs> so you got, there's a, there's a variety of different Traveler rule sets out there. But it's it's just not as progressive as D and D, I believe. Right. Okay. That's fair.
1: But yeah, I think I think the moral of the story today is uh, everybody everybody go pick up Traveler and start playing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah. yeah. Tra- well, try something different. There's so much out there that's not just D and D. Traveler yeah. is a great yes. example of something. And it's been around forever. Great game. Mm. Give it a shot. Um,
1: yeah. Absolutely. So. I was, I was talking with a friend of mine, um, the other day and he said he's running a, a fifth edition D and D campaign yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And that <coughs> he has homebrewed a lot of his stuff and that he has, uh, he, he has made a rule set for Naval combat. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, you're in the wrong game. <laughs> you are definitely in the wrong game if you want Naval Combat 7C. Yeah. I'm not I'm not biased at all, <laughs> but if you like legitimately if you want and he was like no, no, it's 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 uh specifically created for, you know, for all of the stuff that we want to do. I'm like, "Okay, awesome." Don't be yeah. dumb. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> this, so is this. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> well,
2: our, our version of, of the naval combat we did wasn't baked into the 7C rules. I mean, you could no. tell him, to, you could refer him to the C- the 7C, the ones that we used, and like have him give it a shot, like give it a look. There's a good chance he could adapt that to D&D because, I mean, that itself was a, a fan adaptation. True. It's not That's, a huge yeah, leap to just true. change the kind of ability checks you're making. Very and, true. And make it work for right, D&D. Definitely,
1: definitely true. But I think he's too far gone. Yeah, I, I think he's too far. I, if, I think if, he's too far gone. If
2: the moral of the story is to just get him out of D and D and get him someplace safe where he can, like, <laughs> start. Where he
1: can be creative.
2: Better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of true.
1: <laughs> Definitely. But gentlemen, I think I think that'll wrap it up for today. Um, it has been a pleasure, like always. Thank you both for joining me today. Oh, thank you.
0: And, I'm glad uh, we I'm glad you. we were and able we'll, to scrape up that change to uh, pay your your ransom
1: yeah yeah. it turns
2: out the exchange rate was pretty favorable and they only wanted 38
0: cents so
1: 38 okay yeah i mean it was getting kind of cold up there (laughs) yeah they they i didn't i don't think they liked me too much
2: (laughs) maybe that's why the uh, ransom was so low i
1: don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i don't know but for whatever reason i I don't know what y'all did to piss them off yeah um, (laughs) thank you again for that anytime of course you say anytime. Okay. I'm sure it might happen again. So, um, yeah. Well, keep keep that that credit U.S. dollar exchange rate calculator on your, uh, on your phone for now. Okay. Sounds good. But thank you again. I will see you, gentlemen, next time. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletop radio hour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter, at TabletopCast, if you have any questions or comments. We also have an email address, that is TabletopRadioHour at yahoo.com. Our website? TabletopRadioHour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling, 20s.